0: Hello, and thanks for joining us for the Education Doctor Radio Show. I'm your host, Dr. Pamela Ellis. The Education Doctor Radio Show is your family source for educational excellence. Our program is brought to you by Compass Education Strategies, where I'm the principal consultant, and our mantra is access, thrive, graduate. You can learn more about our firm at www.compasseducationstrategies.com. Thanks to all of my listeners who are joining today. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to our program. If you're listening to a podcast of this program, I also want to thank you for joining in. For future show updates and ongoing relevant education news, you can join our Facebook community by searching for The Education Doctor, then clicking like. It's real easy, and you won't regret it. You can also find us on Twitter at The Education Doc. We are celebrating March Madness all this month on our program, and our shows will feature sports-related topics. Back in 1995, I received an issue of my Stanford alumni magazine, and on the cover of the magazine was a photo of the golf team when Tiger Woods was on the team. At the time, I had never heard the name, although I had picked up a golf club before and I knew a little bit about the game. I had never heard the name Tiger Woods. Since then, of course, Tiger Woods has really become synonymous with the sport of golf. And despite all that's happened with him personally over the past couple of years, he really has been a catalyst for growing the interest in golf among young people on our show today we have an exciting program to talk about golf talk about nurturing the young player and playing golf in college as well i recently read that there are close to 300 division one colleges and about 200 division two colleges that offer golf scholarships certainly there are a fewer there are a bit fewer colleges that offer golf scholarships for women, but there is a lot of opportunity out there for those who are interested and talented in that sport. Last week on our show, we talked about the divisions and overviewed athletic scholarships in general, so please download that podcast for more information. This week, however, we'll focus on golf. My guest today is a member of the Professional Golf Association and heads the First Tee of Greater Miami Valley. He's going to share with us about the First Tee, which is a national organization that may be in your community. He will also bring some practical information and strategies that will make a difference for your student athlete who has an interest in golf. Before we get started, I want to make sure that our listeners have our number if they'd like to call in with a question or call in to talk about their experience with the first T. Our number is 714-333-3356. Yes, our switchboard is located in sunny Southern California, but I am broadcasting live from Dayton, Ohio, which is the beauty of technology so I can be somewhat in two places at once. <laughs> now, in addition to our call-in number, which is 714-333-3356, you may also email us at radio at com. And I will have to admit that it's better to email beforehand because sometimes I may not get to the question <laughs> if it doesn't come beforehand, but we will definitely try so I will just take a short break right here, and then we will come back with our guest, Brian Parkhurst. Brought to you by Compass Education Strategies, I am back now to talk with Brian Parkhurst of the First T, Greater Miami Valley. Brian, thanks so much for joining me on the Education Doctor Radio Show. Are you still there?
1: I am. It's a pleasure being here on the uh behalf of the entire uh, the First Tee family, so thank you for having me. Thank you very much. I really
0: appreciate you taking the time from your schedule to join us, especially since it's March Madness Month, which is often associated with basketball. Um, we're talking golf today, so that's, that's exciting. So is there any seasonal ex- equivalent uh, for this in golf at all?
1: Well, as far as our chapter is concerned, since we're located in um, basically just south of Dayton and Butler, Warren, and Montgomery counties mm-hmm. in southwest Ohio, we don't specifically do any 1st tee programming with our kids uh, outdoors. We wait to the, the summer to do that, uh, but the beauty of our program is we can take it indoors to elementary schools um, and things of that nature. So. Uh, We do have the ability of taking it indoors when the weather um, doesn't allow us to be outside.
0: Okay. Okay. So, Brian, introduce our families to the First Tee organization. Can you tell us a little bit about what the program is and your organization?
1: Well, yes. Uh, First, from a national level, the First Tee was formed or established in 1997. The home office is in St. Augustine, Florida, at the World Golf Village. We have uh, impacted uh, close to 4.7 million participants uh, since our inception in, in 1997. We have 198 chapters, 750 program locations, six international sites. We're in all 50 states, and we're really? in uh, over mm-hmm. over 4,000 um, elementary schools. Wow. And uh our, our particular chapter again is, is the first T of Greater Miami Valley covering uh Butler Warren and Montgomery counties. Hmm. Wow, that's that's a lot of
0: impact and influence in terms of the numbers. Now the thing about it is, you know, when you were stating the numbers and also when I've gone to your site to learn more about the first T, I certainly thought about the fact that as large as you are, I don't have a first T in my community at all. What about, you know, what do families do if they want to have first T in their community? So if they're listening to this show and they think, wow, I would like to have something like that in my school. How do they go about doing that?
1: Well, well, sure. Um I'll, I'll answer two parts of that question <clears throat> if the uh listeners are out there and Excuse me, Uh, have the ability to go to our national website, which is www.thefirstt.org. Once you're on the landing page, you can click on locations and select your particular state, and chances are uh, there'll be some chapter information where that particular family can contact an executive director and and find out about programming Mm -hmm. information. Uh, On the other hand, The national school program is is driven by the the home office, and and I would encourage uh, anyone to, again, go to the national website and find the chapter information. Uh, For instance, our particular website is www.thefirsttgmv.org, and all my contact information is there, and, and I'd be happy to run the families through on how the national school program <clears throat> can be brought to an elementary school in in their area.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, what um, what is usually an age that students start with golf? I
1: mean, well, you talked about your program case, being focused
0: at the elementary school level. What's that?
1: Well, in, in my particular case, uh, my father got me started when I was uh, six years old. But the beauty of our program is we're not just a junior golf program. We're a a unique junior golf program where we tie in uh, the First Tee Life Skills experience, a higher education component uh, to not only learning golf. And our program starts at age 7 and goes all the way up to age 18. And Hmm. depending on the age, a participant can start at at any level. So whether they're uh, in elementary school or in high school, We've got a program um, that's very age-appropriate and uh, ability-wise appropriate that uh, the kids can get started at any age. Mm-hmm. So
0: for a student that may be, let's say, nine, ten years old, what does that program look like on an annual basis? What would that
1: be? Well, we have... Um six particular programs that are part of the life skills experience. The target program is a basic introduction to the life skills experience, provides a fun and safe environment that creates curiosity about the game of golf. And then we get into five certification levels, and those are player, par, birdie, eagle, and then ultimately up to ace. And if I could take the time, the certification levels are the unique component of our uh, junior golf program the player program which primarily starts we we would actually love to have all of our participants uh, start at the player level so that we can get them certified all the way up to ace but player is a basic introduction to golf the Mm -hmm. uh, kids learn the first heat code of conduct which they appreciate the rules and etiquette of the game and then they start to develop their game uh, um, in golf and life Then once you get up to the PAR level, you start to focus on interpersonal communication and self-management skills. The birdie level emphasizes goal setting, and then the eagle builds on the three previous mentioned um, certification levels, emphasizing resilience skills, conflict resolution, and planning for the future. And then once we get all the way up to the eighth level, that's when our, our, our youth really start to... Uh, go through an advanced level of the First Tee Life experience, and they focus on personal planning for golf, career, mm-hmm. volunteerism, and, and education. So th- mm. so those are the, um, the programs that, that we offer.
0: Now, I'm going to really show that I don't know a whole lot about this when I ask this question, but when you talk about certification, is it certification through a particular golfing body or... How are you using that term, certification?
1: We have, uh, that's a, um, to make a really long story short, and that's a very good question, in order for one of our participants to advance, they do have to go through a um, certification process where it's a combination of golf skills and education. So there's some testing involved in order for um, each contestant to move up to a certification level.
0: How long typically does it take to go from the par
1: player level up to ace? Probably about uh, two to four years. It it, it really depends, and this is how uh, our our organization is really, really unique. We have a lot of initiatives that are driven down to the chapters by the home office, but each Mm -hmm. chapter is, is very, very unique in its own right, and there are what we call affiliates where we offer uh, summer programming, and each affiliate's a little bit different. So hmm. time is a critical resource for us. Uh, space is a critical resource for us. If we have everything lined up properly, uh, typically at one of our affiliates in our area, we'll run maybe a two- to three-week program once or twice a year. And then what we can do is to come back the following years with those kids that Uh, we're certified and and start the next level of of certification form.
0: Hmm. Okay. Now, Brian, the other thing I really have to ask about, and this kind of gets more into the nitty-gritty of what your curriculum is, I have three kids, and so I'm always mindful of how my time is being spent, particularly when it relates to chauffeuring them around to places, So what is it in terms of a time commitment? Um, Is there a lot in the way of regular meetings or uh, time when they're out on the course uh, throughout a period of weeks or tournaments? Can you say a little bit more about really the intensity and the time commitment uh, that families have to make?
1: if they want to be involved in the first T. Sure, and, and the best way that I can answer that, uh, again, is once somebody goes to the national website and finds a particular chapter's website that's located uh-huh. in their area, uh, chances are, nine times out of ten, all the programming information will be listed on their particular uh, chapter's website. So you'll get a really good indication of the programs that are offered. And, again, each chapter is very unique in setting up their program schedules. Our particular mm-hmm. case is such where uh, we usually like to have our kids out uh, in our programming sessions an hour and a half to, to two hours uh, at a time. Now, that could be mm-hmm. two days a week, three days a week, four days a week, depending on, mm-hmm. again, time and space on what's given to us by the particular facility that we're at. Um, mm-hmm. And and usually the schedules are put out in a timely manner, so the families need to plan their family vacations or other sporting activities, then they can do that. Uh, But the important thing is for uh, a participant that signs up for one of our programs to actually go through the entire uh, program so that they can get certified, they can uh, develop their uh, interpersonal skills that I mentioned uh, earlier, and they keep building on these skills. And the other important part is we have what's called our nine core values, and those core values are honesty, integrity, sportsmanship, respect, confidence, responsibility, perseverance, courtesy, and judgment. So we allow enough time in our programming where we can seamlessly integrate those nine core values into our, our summer sessions.
0: Hmm. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, Brian, I had uh, looked at your site, and we touched on it a bit earlier, when we had talked, just in terms of the research that First T has done in terms of outcomes and really getting an understanding of how effective the program has been. And so, mm-hmm. if you can share with our listeners a little bit about uh, the evidence that's shown that your program actually works in terms of developing the life skills that. Sure. you're trying to, um, that you're developing with the youth that are involved in the program.
1: Well, I can honestly say that um, we are a uh, research-based company, and we get asked uh, a lot of times when we're we're out doing community outreach events, show me the proof that uh, the First T is positively impacting um, area youth. And, and I'll, and I'll <laughs> digress just a little bit. Uh, going back to our network meeting that was in san antonio in the middle of february and i'm nice time to to be in san antonio right (laughs) oh it's fantastic the riverwalk is great it's a perfect site for our network meeting yeah and i'm pleased to announce that uh president george w bush is our honorary chair uh Mm -hmm. taking over for his father uh president h.w bush and and before he decided to to take on the role of honorary chair he asked our our uh, CEO Joe Lewis Barrow Jr. Show me the uh-huh. proof that your program does positively impact uh, young lives. And when he was convinced that it, it does work, uh, he said, "Sign me up. I'd be glad to do it." So that that was. Uh, mm-hmm. I got to witness that firsthand when uh, when, when he spoke to us. Um, but yeah. in, in relation to some specific research, there's a document called the Impact Report, and it's dated 2003. 2003- Through 2008 and it's again found on the front page of our national website and we've done Mm -hmm. some extensive research um, through the University of Minnesota, University of Virginia, University of Florida, University of Nevada, Las Vegas. We also have uh, some educators that provided valuable research and information in the life skills education development uh, through some some of these uh, consultants so there's a mm-hmm. wonderful document. I would encourage everybody to to look at this document and um, kind of go through some of the year-by-year highlights of how it does uh, impact our youth.
0: Okay. Okay, good. I want to take a quick break right there, Brian, and also give our listeners the number in case they'd like to call in and ask a question or call in and talk about their experience with, first, with the first T. Our number, our call in number is 714 333 3356. And again, you can also send in an email at radio at Compass Let's take a quick break and we'll be back with Brian Parkhurst. This is the Education Doctor Radio Show brought to you by Compass Education Strategies. I am back now with our guest. Brian Parkhurst, and we're discussing the First T organization. So, Brian, right before the break, you were talking about uh, the research in terms of your impact study to show that the First T program has been effective in having a positive uh, impact on youth. Was did the study speak to any particular areas where it's had an impact? Um I think I had read that it was character development in particular, do you recall?
1: yes, actually there's um uh there's a high percentage of retaining youth in the uh the first heat programs. Um it it speaks about uh, improving and in, in actually going to an above average uh confidence as far as grade points are concerned, the, the mm-hmm. dropout rates in, in school. Uh, improved. Uh, so there's all kinds of uh, valuable, valuable information and we can just do a a whole session on uh, the impact report but uh, the First T Home Office uh, spent a lot of time in some third-party research in order to uh, provide this um, uh, wonderful data. And as far as the core values are concerned and how they actually make a difference, um, I'm reading a, a percentage right here that Because of the first T, 59% showed respect for themselves and towards others, 60% exhibited personal and social responsibility, and 63% Mm -hmm. demonstrated honesty, and those are some of our our core values. So uh, we expect that our kids um, will adopt our our nine core values to become better citizens, um, Mm -hmm. whether they're at, at home with their friends or at school or professionally okay. in whatever business career that they, uh, they choose.
0: Brian, I have a question that was emailed in, and this relates to golf at the collegiate level. So this is from Ty of Dayton, Ohio. She writes, what sort of scores would students need to qualify? Is it different for boys and girls? Time commitment and expectations and performance expectations to maintain golf scholarships.
1: So well, that, we haven't.
0: That, Go ahead.
1: That, that's a, that's a very very good question, and and I can give you a little bit of insight as to um, what will help a a young boy or young girl uh, be able to play at the uh, uh, the next level, the collegiate level. However, I will say that uh, I am not a collegiate golf coach. Uh, but we're fortunate enough to have some wonderful universities in our area, and I'd be happy to follow up with some information. Uh, Miami University uh, is in our chapter. Um, the University of Dayton is in our chapter, and, and I would encourage the, the the writer to maybe contact uh, the respected golf coaches there to to figure out exactly what um, they look for from a recruiting standpoint that, sure, um, mm-hmm. tournament scores uh, are at a premium, uh, grades are at a premium, uh, now more a day's community involvement or service hours are so important. Uh, really? So there's a combination of, of mm-hmm. factors. And, you know, a lot of times, though, it just depends on a university and, and what type of scholarships uh, that they have available. So uh, I'm not the expert in collegiate coaching but I can mm-hmm. certainly provide some wonderful resources for Ty to, uh, to get the proper answers.
0: Okay, okay, great. Now, we talked a bit about uh, golf in the elementary level. Can you say a little bit more about uh, what the first T does for older students, so for those who may be in middle school or high school?
1: Well yes, yes. And uh as I mentioned earlier, we have certification levels that, that build on the nine core values and mm-hmm. and um some certain skills. Uh but but the other thing too is and, and one of the um motivating forces for uh our home office driving back down to our, our chapters is growth and retention. How can we keep the, the older kids um the teenagers if you will Involved in golf, and there's a lot of neat things yeah. that that we can do here locally through our Southern Ohio PGA section, where we can we can reach out and send some different tournament schedules uh, to our participants. But we have some wonderful life skills and leadership academies. Uh, we have a Future Leaders Forum. We mm-hmm. have an RBS Achievers of the Year uh, awards. Uh, we're pleased to announce that uh, Nature Valley is our new sponsor for the uh, first T-Open at Pebble Beach that our participants mm. get to play in. Uh, there's
0: yeah.
1: a dollars program, an AB Honor Roll Recognition program. So there's a lot of things um, out of scholarship-wise that we can offer as motivation for our young participants, especially in the middle, uh, in high school years. Okay.
0: Brian, and,
1: and, we and are... And a lot of times, too, it's uh-huh. nice when when we have a um, uh, somebody that's gone through our program, come back and volunteer and become a mentor and coach some of the uh, younger participants. So we ask a lot of our kids to come back and volunteer.
0: Yeah. Okay. Brian, I wanted to thank you for joining our show. It went by really fast. But before we go, I want to make sure that our listeners have your contact information where they could reach you if they have additional questions. Can you provide a good email address for us perhaps?
1: I I sure can. It's uh B as and Boy, Parkhurst, mm-hmm. P A R K H U R S T at the First T G M V dot org. And uh, I am the executive director for the First T Greater Miami Valley and Uh, On behalf of our entire board, our program director, our coaches, and uh, our countless number of of volunteers, we we certainly appreciate this opportunity, and um, I'll be happy to answer any further questions.
0: Okay, great. Thank you so much, Brian. We have some great shows coming up for you on the Education Doctor Radio, and we'll continue to bring you information that's both strategic and practical for educational excellence. The Education Doctor Program is brought to you by Compass Education Strategies. Please listen for how you can join our online community, and thank you again for joining us.